And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Go, man. Tear it off, dude. You're listening to Here's the Catch with David Lombardi, Matt Barrows, and Dennis Brown on the Athletic Podcast Network. Well, that, folks, is a game that immediately goes down into 49ers franchise lore. Week 18, so game 17, kind of like game seven of the World Series, so game 162 in baseball, whatever analogy you have to make, the 49ers faced a must-win situation because the Saints had won against Atlanta. And Ambry Thomas delivered the walk-off home run, or in this case, the walk-off interception to send the 49ers to the playoffs. They're going to be playing Dallas next week. It's the first time since 1998 that both the 49ers and the Cowboys have simultaneously been in the playoffs in the same season. So we could talk all about that with Dennis here in a little bit because he played in all those great 49ers-Cowboys games, and that's about to get restarted next week. But first, we talk about this. The 49ers walking off over the Rams in overtime, 27-24. to The ceiling play was the Ambry Thomas interception of Matthew Stafford guarding Odell Beckham Jr. there at the end. But uh, that was far from the only play that got this done for the 49ers. It was Jimmy Garoppolo with his torn up thumb, throwing for 300 plus, guiding the 49ers with no timeouts over the final minute of the game to tie it up with Juwan Jennings and then leading the 49ers on the ultimate winning drive, a field goal drive in overtime. I mean, I've only listed a couple of things that were awesome for the 49ers down the stretch of this game, Matt, but they climbed from a 17-0 deficit to get it done against all odds. I mean, at one point, Next Gen Stats had them with a 0.4% chance of winning this football game and extending their season, but uh, they they made it happen, that 0.4%. Uh, that was a jaw-dropper in L.A. Yeah, for sure, and uh, let, let's set the table for this. I mean, going into this game, uh, everybody on the Rams, the entire roster practiced on, on the final day of the week. Uh, they had one guy who was uh, Leonard Floyd, who was limited on on Friday. I mean, they're a healthy team. They're playing at home. <laughs> the 49ers are the 49ers. They've got injury issues up and down the roster. It turns out that Trent Williams doesn't play. Huge, huge kind of psychological blow for this team. All these guys who were on the COVID list and didn't practice. No, Kwan Williams for this game. I mean. It's sort of a an against all odds scenario, and there are so many heroes in this game. People who stepped up, stepped into roles that uh, they're not used to. You mentioned Ambry Thomas; he's a great one. Juwan Jennings had a great game. Debo Samuel had, uh, you know, of all the great games he's had this year, this this is up there with them. Uh, Elijah Mitchell ran very hard, breaking a lot of tackles there. I thought Drake Drake Greenlaw looked really good in his first game back in a long, long time. Eric Armstead, I know he's a, a Dennis Brown favorite. Yes. Uh, he had a big game. And, and Dante Johnson, he's a guy that, that fans love to rag on for this and that. He had to play, he had to start the game at a position that's not his regular position, which was nickel. He was the guy who, who filled in for K1 Williams. Then he had to move to strong safety 
after uh, the 49ers lost Talanoa Hufanga and Jaquaski Tart. So he was Mr. Johnny on the spot for this game. But Dennis, uh, who, who are the guys that, that stood out to you in this one? Oh, that's easy. The, the 49ers goal rush. I mean, you know, they it, it took them a while to get started, just like the 49ers offense. But Eric Armstead, Contavious uh, Street, uh, you know, all those guys, uh, keys, I mean, all those guys getting after it. And, and, and I can't say enough about Eric Armstead. I mean, he has been the guy that everyone's been looking at this whole football season talking about. He's not playing up to his potential. He's not the guy, you know, you, you, you trade away, uh, DeForest Buckner, uh, and I, and I think you look back at it now and you got to think after watching him play today, I mean, he's a guy that if he's if he's one on one, most of the time he's going to win. And he's been putting the pressure the entire uh, football season. He just he hasn't had the sack numbers today. The sack numbers came. I know they gave half that sack to Nick Bosa, but I in my book. He came out that game, Eric Armstead, with three sacks. And this 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 defensive line really got after Matthew Stafford. And, and that short pass at the end of the game, Thomas intercepts it. I think he should he should thank his defensive linemen because they were beating up on Matthew Stafford. And that was that's the book on him. If you put some hits on him, he's gonna make mistakes. He's gonna throw, he's gonna throw some some bad balls. He's going to give you an opportunity to win the football game. And that's what happened in this game. That defensive line and the linebackers, Fred Warner played an outstanding football game, but that defensive front got after the passer. And like I said, it took them a while to get going. This entire team, it took a while for the entire team to get going. But once they got that momentum going, they kept the pedal to the metal and they got after this Rams offense and shut them down in the second half. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Well, the 49ers only gave up 2.4 yards per rush, so it started with what they've been doing ever since the bye, by the way. The 49ers have the top run defense in football. People don't realize this, but since that week six bye, 
EPA per play, DVOA, whatever metric you want to look at, the 49ers are number one in football in terms of run defense. And a lot of that coincides with Eric Armstead moving inside and DJ Jones taking over football games. They did that again. They were just beating blocks and stuffing the Rams up front. And that did set the table for exactly what Dennis is talking about right now. They started teeing off on Matthew Stafford. They sacked him five times in this game. They hit him a number of times. The exact count of quarterback hits, I have to do math right now, just add it up because there are so many of them. One for Greenlaw, one for Warner, three for Armstead, so that's five. Two for Bosa, it's seven. One for DJ Jones, it's eight. Contavious Street had a hit, that's nine. Arden Key had three quarterback hits, that's 12. Jordan Willis had one. They hit Matthew Stafford 13 times in this game. And guys, guess what? The Rams offensive line was ranked number one in pass block win rate entering this game. So this is not like they're doing it against the Houston Texans or the Titans and, you know, four of their second string offensive linemen. The 49ers took it to arguably the best pass blocking offensive line in the league today with 13 quarterback hits and five sacks. And they stopped the Rams running game. I mean, just a dominant showing up front. And we talked about the 49ers needing to kick it into gear up front, you know, what, a month, a month and a half ago. They absolutely did that to close this season. And that's a huge reason, Matt, why they're in the playoffs. Yeah, for sure. And uh, I thought the linebacker play was good, too. I mean, I think it's a big part of that run defense. And I just thought that it's been a long, long road back for Dre Greenlaw from that groin injury. Remember, he suffered that on a pick six in week one or at least aggravated it. And, and then he had surgery, and he was only supposed to be out for, I forget what it was, four to six weeks. And it ended up being basically the, the full season. He came back for one game, aggravated it again, and then was out for a long period of time. He's been champing at the bit to come back. And he, early on in this game, he just stood out to me. We're sort of up in the in the corner of one of the end zones, and uh, you know our vantage point is not great, but kind of gives us a good view of who's moving laterally, who's moving to the sideline fast. And I, like I said, uh, there are a couple of times where I thought it was a safety, and it ended up being Drake Greenlaw. So um, he's been waiting for this moment, and, and he had to step up. I mean, there was no Aziz Alshair in this game. Marcel Harris was a late scratch. He, he had an Achilles. So they needed him, and uh, he came back and, and played really well. I mean, this game reminded me a lot of the of the finale in Seattle a couple of years ago. Uh, that, I don't think that one one went to overtime, but just uh, the frenetic pace, the you know one big play after another. Uh, that one ended with a defensive stop. This one ends with a defensive stop, um, and you know Jimmy Garoppolo played well in this game. I mean, let's look at his line. 23 of 32. He had two picks, one uh, one touchdown. But remember, one of the uh, offseason storylines was whether the 49ers were going to make a play for Matthew Stafford. And I remember reading all these stories about how much of a better quarterback Stafford is than Garoppolo. I mean, it's not even close, the experts said. Well, you know, uh, maybe Stafford had a better game. He had, did have three touchdowns, but he also had two picks, and he's had a lot of picks in the last uh, four weeks for this team. And the difference between him and Garoppolo wasn't that big. One of them was that Garoppolo was hitting big plays at really big moments, none bigger, Dennis, than that that long one to Debo Samuel that, uh, that helped uh, tie the game up and send it to overtime. You're exactly right. And I look at Jimmy Garoppolo, and he's he's done it throughout his his time here with the 49ers 
it seems like those interceptions, I mean, we scratch our head and wonder, you know, why did he throw that ball or how did that ball go high or, you know, what's going on with Jimmy Garoppolo? But it, it really feels like it doesn't phase him. You know, it usually after he throws his second pick is when he gets his momentum and he drives the team down for a touchdown. And he did it again uh, to, today against the Rams. And, you know, it's he, he's he's an interesting cat because, you know, we talk about him. It's a it's a hater love with Jimmy Garoppolo, but he is, he is truly a professional. And, you know, if, if he's not with this team next season, I can guarantee you there's plenty of teams in NFL that would love to have a Jimmy Garoppolo on, on, on their team. So, you know, I, I got to take my hats off, my hat off to him. I mean, it started off, I was thinking, whoa, yeah, that thumb, especially that second intercept, I was thinking, oh, that, that thumb has bothered him big time. Um, but again, I mean, he, 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 he sticks it out. He's a tough dude, I guess. Uh, and he made some nice throws, especially in, 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 in that overtime. I mean, he made some good decisions. Um, so, you know, I, I, I'm always impressed with Jimmy Garoppolo. You know, Trey, I know Trey Lance is the future of this football team. But, I mean, you got to take your hats off to, to uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. Again, you know, he plays a, a fantastic game. He drives the team down uh, to, to, to tie the game. And he, and he drives the team down. Uh, to get in field goal range for Robbie Gold and, and eventually winning the football game. So, you know, you move on. I don't know what that thumb feels like. You know, you know, we heard it was, it, it, you know, this spring, this it's going to be impossible to play. I don't know if he's going to play. I think he played well for a guy that, you know, we didn't know, you know, Monday or, or last week at this time, if he's even going to be able to play in this football game. Well, here's the thing. The, the 49ers won this game and Garoppolo won this game playing behind two backup offensive tackles against one of the best pass rushes in football. And this is not the first time that Garoppolo's accomplished this. The start of this 49ers current six-game win streak against the Rams, by the way, they haven't lost to the Rams in 1,106 days now, but at the very start of this six-game win streak, the 49ers also had to play with two backup tackles at the Coliseum in October 2019. It was Justin School at left tackle and Daniel Brunskill at right tackle. And Garoppolo had an impressive day against the tough defense. The 49ers won 20-7. to uh, Probably his day was overshadowed by the fact that defense was just absolutely awesome in that game back in October 2019. But that was the story of that season, right? The 49ers defense was really uh, the star of the show for that football team, even though Garoppolo was efficient. Well... You fast forward to this game, and obviously the tackle situation is similar. They don't have Trent Williams. He tried to play, couldn't get it done, elbow hurt him. We'll, we'll see if he's able to play against Dallas next week. I think that's almost mandatory for the 49ers to sustain this because Colton McKivitz was getting beaten bad in the first half. He made his first career start at left tackle, his first career action at that position uh, in the NFL. He played there in college, but it was McKivitz on the left side. We already know that Tom Compton's not a very good pass protector on the right side. We know that Daniel Brunskill struggles at right tackle, and we also knew that Daniel Brunskill would have to face Aaron Donald. So on both of the Garoppolo interceptions, he got hit. Uh, you know, everybody was calling for him to get benched on social media, but uh, he, he was literally getting hit as he threw on both of the picks. And both of them were, I mean, it was snap fast 
contact from the defensive line. There are free rushers coming in. The 49ers weren't able to, uh, you know, slow that pass rush at all. I would say that on the fumble, that might have been a little bit more, okay, this is Jimmy Garoppolo's fault where he dropped that ball because you, you just got to hold on to it. You can't fumble when you see that pressure coming up the middle and George Kittle wasn't able to stave it off. He was in on max protect. But uh, the, I thought, Matt, in general, when Garoppolo was protected in this game, his throws were accurate. His throws were on the money. He overcame the thumb injury. It was, you know, when he wasn't protected. And you could put any quarterback back there uh, behind two backup offensive tackles giving up that kind of pressure in the first half. I don't think any quarterback would have looked good in that first half. So I don't think it's a coincidence that Garoppolo started hitting those passes in the second half when the 49ers figured out how to protect him. Yeah, it was almost what thumb injury. Uh, and I'm not saying that to, to minimize it. Uh, uh, they obviously were doing a lot of different things with the wraps. He was talking about all the different braces they were trying, trying to figure out ways for him to uh, manage that injury, but they obviously did. And, you know, from the, from the first time we saw him on, on Wednesday, um, you know, I, I kept saying, gee, I, I can't see any difference in how he throws. And uh, I'll continue to say that after this game. Uh, the, the throw to Debo Samuel had great zip, um, you know, one of the Rams defenders had a break on it, and that, that ball went right underneath the guy's hand as he was trying to swat it out. Um, it was uh, it was a good game by him. I mean, I thought if there's a critique, it's that you know he, he wasn't able to kind of move around and escape that pressure. Uh, but I'm not sure very many quarterbacks could. So uh, the the issue wasn't the thumb; the issue was really the protection. I thought that the the pick on the on the ball to uh, George Kittle, uh, I'm not sure Kittle was ever going to be open on that one. That may have been Garoppolo throwing into coverage there. And that, that ended up being a really big play. Uh, it, they, they score there. If it's just a, a field goal, this thing doesn't even get to overtime. But, um, you know, overall, it's it was a gutsy performance. He's uh, extending his, um, his uh, duration with the 49ers. I mean, that... They, they lose that game. That that could have been Jimmy Garoppolo's swan song. It could have been his last game in a 49ers uniform. It probably would have been. So um, he's kind of continuing writing a, an additional chapter, and he should be a little bit better, I would think, uh, for this game against the Cowboys coming up. And uh, I think you're absolutely right. Uh, it sounded as if Trent Williams was a last-minute scratch. They gave him every opportunity to be able to to play in this game, and he just couldn't get that right elbow uh, ready to go. Obviously, we don't know if it's going to be um, uh, 100%, or it's certainly not going to be 100%, or ready to play versus the Cowboys, but uh, it sounded as if it was uh, a, a game-time decision. So to me, that bodes a little bit well uh, for his availability in Dallas. You know, we're talking about, you know, Jimmy taking shots and, and you know, his interceptions and and – but I can only remember one sack in this football game. I know there was one game where, where, where Garoppolo got the ball knocked out of his hand. But I, I think all in all, I think this offensive line again, you know, they put it together. You know, you got McKivitz on one end, Compton on the other side. And, and, and especially in the run game. I mean, they, they're definitely better run uh, blockers than they are pass protectors. But, you know, I, I think this offensive line again, you know, they, they bring it together. And they get the job done. And, um, you know, you look at this this Rams uh, offensive line and the 49ers defense just just collapses. I mean, you just saw the pocket collapse 
inside to the outside. And I, I think this offensive line played really well considering who was on the football field. And somehow they put it together again uh, and they come out with that win. But, you know, the, the run game was the key. You know, I think there's at one point before Debo threw that touchdown pass to uh, uh, Jawan Jennings, I think they ran the ball like 11 times. Uh, just setting up the defense. And then when those safeties came up, here, here came the trip, trick play with Debo and they get the touchdown. But, you know, I think this offensive line, again, I think they, they've come together. You know, I, I think it looks good, you know, moving forward. I think your, your, your offensive line room is looking really good because these guys, they play well together. And, you know, you just put McKivitz. I don't know the last time McKivitz even been, has even been suited up on the football field. And he comes out there and he's got to play against guys like Von Miller and Aaron, Aaron Donald. And I, he gave up that one sack. And I actually, I thought the game might have been over after Von Miller sacked uh, Garoppolo. But, you know, they, they again, they put it together. And I think they protect the quarterback well. But against the run, they're fantastic. Yeah, I mean, it just took the 49ers figuring out the rhythm, figuring out the, the pass protection combinations. Obviously, uh, they started to imprint their formula in the second half. There was that drive where they ran the ball 10 straight times, and then they uh, really suckered L.A. in and ran the trick play on them. Debo Samuel feigned the run to the right, and then he tossed it over the top of the defense to Jawan Jennings. That that tied the game. What was really remarkable to me is that the 49ers had to use every bit of their arsenal successfully to come back, right? It was 17-0, and that was when nothing was going right. But they had the ball with, I think, what, less than a minute to go in the first half, and Jimmy Garoppolo had to lead a two-minute drill to put a field goal on the board and make it 17-3. to So that was an exclusively pass drive, and the offensive line had to get the job done blocking-wise in a way they hadn't up to that point. And they did, and the 49ers got the field goal. So 17-3. They go into the locker room. 49ers get the ball first, starting the second half. And that was another drive where Garoppolo passed effectively. I remember there was a third down where he just got drilled by Aaron Donald, but he was able to complete a pass over the middle to Hasty to convert the first down. And you were like, at that point, oh, uh, you know, Garoppolo really showed up to play. He, he has just enough daylight now. The 49ers doing just enough. Even though Aaron Donald's coming in as a free rusher, he's got enough time to use that quick release and that toughness to get it out there and move the chains. And lo and behold, the 49ers scored a touchdown on the Debo Samuel run. Then the next drive is when they started imprinting that run game. And the 10 straight runs really changed the momentum of this game because the the Rams, you could tell, all of a sudden, they went from puffing their chests out in the first half of the 49ers when Jalen Ramsey had that big hit on Debo Samuel to being the team that was getting bullied. And as the 49ers ran those 10 straight times and administered that bully ball, you felt that they started to grab control of this game. And even though it, it got tenuous again there at the end because the 49ers blew a chance with the Garoppolo interception to Jalen Ramsey, they were still able to rebound from that in crunch time. But I thought that what happened in that third quarter, Matt, was really important because the 49ers grabbed control of game flow by using the pass game, by using the run game, and by using a trick play. Oh, and by the way, the defense was getting it done all, all the while during that stretch as well. Yeah, that was actually articulated on the field. Remember, on Friday, uh, George Kittle referred to the game. He thought it would be a a body bag type game, and he he wasn't doing it in a pejorative way. Um, He was saying that it was just going to be so hard fought that, uh, you know, guys were going to be really sore the next day. 
uh, both sides. Uh, and and uh, I, I, he said that the Rams must have uh, taken that phrase and used that used it as bulletin board material because he was hearing uh, <laughs> body bag in his ear hole the whole time that uh, that the Rams went up seventeen to nothing. And then in in the in the second half in that third quarter, you're absolutely right that that drive that late third quarter drive. Uh, just seemed to take everything out of the Rams. Um, it was uh, it was a lot like the uh, the earlier matchup, the thirty-one to ten win that the 49ers had. And that that this is sort of a, a credit to Kyle Shanahan and to that offense. Um, and I think that that late uh, you know score, you know, just three points at the end of the second quarter. Who cares? You know, the, the Rams were in control there, but it gave the 49ers enough momentum and enough belief in themselves that they said, okay, we don't have to get away from our game plan. Let's go back to bully ball. Let's go back to, you know, that uh, that earlier game against the Rams, and let's just demoralize them. And that's exactly what they did. They had five runs in the first half. They had 26 runs in the second half. So <laughs> second half looked a lot like the second half of the earlier matchup. Uh, and uh, like I said, it just uh, it was one gut punch after another, and there were no real, you know, you know, backbreaking runs on that drive. I think the longest one was nine yards. There was one that was nine, one that was eight. The rest of them were, you know, you know three or four, but they uh, they were breaking tackles. I mean, the Rams were not knocking them backward anymore. As uh, as David said, it was the 49ers. It was Elijah Mitchell. It was Debo Samuel. Uh, on the majority of those 10 runs, they were breaking tackles. It's going to be really interesting to see how many yards they got after contact because it seemed like, especially with Elijah Mitchell, uh, big credit to him, uh, basically playing double a, uh, a college season this year, and he's still running really, really strongly. Uh, in the second half of these games. You know, talk about just being arrogant. I mean, I, I know you guys saw McVay. I think it, I think the score was seven, winning 17 nothing. He was running in the end zone, high-fiving his team. Uh, and then after that, you know, I think the 49ers outscored the Rams 27-7 to or something like that. And it's just, you know, that 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 that's what the Rams are. I mean, you know, you, you it's the first half. You know, it's not even halftime yet. And, and, you know, your head coach is in the end zone, High fiving, and then you come out and you just get you just get beat down. It reminded it reminded me a little bit of the of that Tennessee game where you know the switch just flipped. It was a, kind of a reverse. It, the switch flipped, and something happened. You know, I don't know what the speech was at halftime, but what it, whatever it was, this 49ers team came out. You know, they were playing with the, with their hair on fire, and and it goes back to that defense. They set the tone. You know, the offense was efficient, but you know that front four really found. You know whatever gear they were looking for, because they really Eric Armstead was rushing from the outside, is rushing from the inside, the right, the left. DJ Jones is throwing fits to the quarterback, jumping over people, and I think you know they just they just took it on you know themselves. Say, listen, we're gonna take over this football game, and our and our offense give our offense an opportunity to win the game, and 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 that's what kind of happened. But just the arrogance, you know, you, George Kittle in the body bag. You know, body bags is that, you know, those are dead bodies. You know, that's not hurt people. That's dead bodies. And that's easy billboard stuff. But when you go out and you physically dominate a football team, you know, it's not billboard. It it, it happened. 
And that's what the 49ers did in the second half. Well, you know, the whole body bag thing, I know Matt wrote about it, uh, you know, all the quotes and all the stuff the 49ers were saying, but this is just a, there was a general undertone and it's not that much of an undertone anymore. I think it's obvious at this point, these two teams hate each other. And that's cool to me. I like that. Uh, I'm yeah. sure Dennis likes that because Dennis, you you were with the 49ers back in the days that Ken Norton Jr. would beat up both of the goalposts at the old Bush Stadium, <laughs> and you know the same old sorry ass Rams days. Well, the 49ers, I mean, they may be saying that again pretty soon because they won six straight against the Rams right now, and the Rams have been a good team for most of those six games, right? But the 49ers just have their number. It's getting under the Rams' skin. Uh, obviously Aaron Donald wasn't a happy guy last year after the 49ers beat the Rams and he pretended not to know who Debo Samuel was. The 49ers took notice. George Kittle was muttering under his breath as he left the podium today. He said some stuff about the Rams that, that wasn't too nice. I mean, it's very, very clear that these two teams do not like each other. And, you know, we just saw a culmination of you know what we dreamed we would see when Kyle Shanahan and Sean McVay were both hired in 2017 right we thought that we might see one of these final week battles for the NFC West or for a playoff spot just basically a high stakes game at the end of the season between these two young head coaches and we thought that you know it could be a seismic LA San Francisco rivalry and it took a while to build up to this point but Matt, I, I do think that we have that appropriate level of hatred that is good for the soul, right? Uh, t- today, that that felt good to see two teams that really hated each other go after each other. And then obviously the 49ers were able to punch out the win, make it to the postseason and potentially set up a third game against the Rams this year. That's not out of the question, although they won't play in the wild card round. Yeah, I mean, it feels like they the Rams have replaced the Seahawks as as the top rival now. Um, and, uh, you know, one massive, massive difference is that, you know, you, uh, Seahawks game, especially in the, uh, the height of the Seahawks, that home stadium up there was such an advantage for Seattle. Today's stadium or, or Sunday's stadium, SoFi, I, I mean, I, I thought it was 75% 49ers fans. I mean, uh, someone told me that that was too high. And, and maybe it was just sort of the angle that I was I was looking at, but those upper deck seats were almost uniformly red, and uh, you know they didn't have much to cheer for in the second half. But the 49ers players said that this game felt like a home game in the second half, um, and uh, to the point where Eric Armstead said that they, you know when, when the defense was on the field they couldn't hear their own calls because the 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 crowd was making it so loud for Matthew Stafford in the Rams offense. So. Um, you know, the 49ers fans travel really well. In fact, I'm trying to think of a, a game in which the 49ers have traveled that well. And there were a couple of this year, but there was a game in 2014 against the Cowboys. It was the, uh, the opener that season. Uh, that was uh, a 75% red crowd as well. And I just wonder how well the 49ers faithful are, are going to travel for this, this Cowboys game coming up because they were... Uh, in force. I mean, it was almost embarrassing, I think, for the Rams, for the, the city of Los Angeles. I mean, the, the Chargers have a reputation of, of having home games where it's the majority uh, of the opponent's team. Well, today it was the, the marquee team down there, the Rams, that uh, just looked really silly with all those, all those red jerseys in the crowd. Remember, the Rams used to play in Anaheim. 
you know, they didn't play in LA where they are now. So, you know, when I was in the league, we always went and played at, uh, where the, where the angels played at. So, you know, they're, they, I think they're still trying to find their fan base and you got the chargers and you're sharing a stadium and it is LA, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on, uh, in LA and, you know, it, it's hard maybe to get fans into the stadium when there's so much more to do in, in LA, but the, the 49ers fans travel well. I, I remember that New Orleans game. I think it was two years ago, or maybe three years ago. And just being on the bus, going into the stadium and just seeing just a sea of red and just thinking, man, you know, how are all these, how are all these, uh, 49er fans here? And, you know, and, and I look at social media and these people travel. I don't, I don't know, you know, if it's taking time off work or everybody in San Francisco is independently rich, but you know, these, these, these fans travel and they travel and they travel deep. And I'm just, you know, I'm looking through social media, media now. And there was, I, I know there's a, there, there was a lot of people traveling from here, San Francisco down to, down to, I mean, it's a short trip. But it, traveling down to to California to support the team, and you know, and what a treat they got. You know, I, I mean, I love seeing when the camera kind of pans in the in the stadium. I saw a flag, you know, I saw you know the Spartan, somebody dressed in you know like a, a big helmet, and I mean, it, it, it's great to see the 49 fans, and they've always traveled well. But uh, this game here was delight. I mean, if you're on the road. You know, it, it, this would be a great game to travel down and see. And I'm sure it's going to be the same way in Dallas. I mean, I, I mean, they, they have these, what do they call them? Takeovers. You know, they just, they're on the, out in the parking lot, not, not even going in the football game. They just have, they're just out in the parking lot tailgating. So, yeah, 49er, 49er fans have always traveled really well. Well, uh, I'll tell you what, when Ambry Thomas delivered that interception to walk off the game, it shook at SoFi Stadium. There was a minor earthquake. So, I mean, it, it was, I mean, that the kind of stuff that gives you chills. I mean, this was, it, that is such an impressive stadium. I can't under, you know, overstate how impressive SoFi Stadium is. And then the 49ers have now made it their, you know, home away from home. Uh, it's, it's so much more impressive than Levi Stadium. I know it's newer, but God, I mean, they, they completely outdid themselves building the stadium and, it has to be demoralizing to the Rams' ownership when you spend all this money to build this palace and then the other team just treats it as their home stadium because that's exactly what it was. Matthew Stafford literally said after the game, we had trouble communicating today. Uh, you know, on that final drive, it was just a roar in there. And, you know, the 49ers have never played a technical home game, you know, at an indoor stadium, but. SoFi Stadium, for all intents and purposes, is indoors. There's a there's a ceiling there. There's a roof, and that sound reverberates off the roof, and it got really, really, really loud, and to the point where, like I said, it shook when Ambry Thomas delivered that interception at the end of the game. So it, it was a hell of a scene. The 49ers, uh, you know, needed every single advantage they could get, especially after falling behind 17 nothing. And uh, they beat a team whose number they certainly have. That's six in a row against the Rams. And it took every single part of the game to, to get it done, including Matt special teams. Robbie Gold had a punt today, and he had a punted since 2007. He had three career punts coming in. Well, he had two more today, and he averaged, what, 45 yards a punt? That was phenomenal. And I think symbolic, too, of 
the journey for the 49ers because special teams nearly kept them out of the playoffs this year. That unit has not been good on the aggregate, and it could have been disastrous after Mitch Wisnowski suffered a concussion, but the 49ers needed every single yard they could get from Robbie Gold, and he got the job done. For sure. Uh, And then uh, Kyle Juszczyk as the holder. Um, And, uh, yeah, this is one of the weird things that happened after this game, but during Jimmy Garoppolo's post-game press conference, an alarm goes off. And basically, you know, ends the Garoppolo's press conference. Everybody has to evacuate the room. And poor Robbie Gold was the next guy up. He was waiting to to go to the podium. Uh, And we got to talk to him a little bit as we were walking out to kind of clear the room. Ended up being a false alarm. Uh, But he was saying that Kyle Juszczyk used to do that in high school. And that uh, I think he said that every Thursday... Uh, use check, you know, in, in this exact, uh, uh, you know, type of situation, takes a few snaps and, uh, and, and holds for him just in case Wisnowski ever had to leave a game. And boy, um, clutch. I mean, they didn't miss a, a PAT or a field goal attempt. And I think that Robbie Gold uh, averaged 45 yards on his two punts. <laughs> the, the thing was is that, you know, we were all, we all saw Mitch Wisnowski take that big hit to the helmet. We saw him. He was woozy on the sideline. It was clear um, he was dealing with concussion-like symptoms. But the question was, okay, who, who punts for him? Uh, because nobody was, was warming up. I mean, even when Robbie Gold came out in the second half, he comes out and, and warms up before everybody. He was just doing kind of field goal and kickoff stuff. Uh, no punt. So he basically made those two 45-yarders cold, not having practiced at all. And, uh, you know, he handled uh, field goals, extra points, kickoffs, and punts in this game. So this was one in which uh, Robbie Gold really earned his money, and Kyle Juszczyk, too. I mean, Kyle Juszczyk already has the jack-of-all-trades uh, moniker on him. This was one more thing that he did. It was just that was the way this game went. If you had, if you were a cornerback and had to play safety, you did it. Um, if if you were a, a kicker and had to be the punter, you had to do it. And uh, that's uh, I think uh, Kyle Shanahan was really impressed. I think he was really affected by that. Uh, just very proud of his guys and how each of them fought in very very oddball situations for some of them. So. Uh, really was a, a terrific game. So many storylines in this game. Uh, we'll be writing about it all week. But, uh, yeah, that stood out. You know, kicker is a kicker. Kick a field goal, punt the ball. You know, how, how much of a difference could it be? But, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, good. I mean, I mean to, to step in, you know, I always say players players make plays. And, you know, he, he, is, he is a player. He's probably one of the best field goal kickers in the league. Uh, and and to to transfer and uh, transfer over and, and do some do some punting and you know he 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 was very you know he was he he was he was a good punter I, you know he 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 didn't drop the ball he kicked the ball and he and he went past the line of scrimmage but again I mean I I'm more impressed with Cal Uzcheck you know holding the ball I mean that seems like that would be difficult to me but you know again you know these guys this this, this was this was you know win or go home. And I, and I think that was the attitude. I think that was, you know, that urgency coming out in the second half and you realize that this could be the end of our football season. But what a way, you know, this season has been long. It just seems like this has been, I know it's been an extra week, but this season's just been long. And, and to, to end it up this way and have the rookie, 
the guy that's, you know, taking criticism the entire season. I mean, every time he's in the game, you know, you're talking about his technique. We're talking about his, his pass interference penalties. And for him to get that, that interception, you know, find the ball in the air, twist his body around it, and, 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 and then keep his body inbounds to, to come down with that interception is, 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 is I mean, it's just a great conclusion to this season. And then to go to the playoffs. And at the end of the game, I saw um, Jaquaski Tark just kind of in his ear because I he, he's in the meetings with him, and, and I'm sure he's he's seen him kind of go through all the ridicule and all the you know the, the coaching points, and this is what you did wrong, and and to finish out that way, I mean that that's why you play the football game, and you know just all around. I think when we talk about all around wins, I, I think I think this was it. You know, I mean it's great momentum. You know, moving on. I mean, you, you you enjoy it on the plane ride. And talk about a fun plane ride. I bet that plane ride was heck of fun. But you know, but now you got to kind of forget about it, and you got to get ready for Dallas. And you know, and Dallas is a is a very good football team. A lot of weapons on both sides of the football. So you enjoy this, and you and now you got to move on. Now the playoff starts. Now the intensity really starts. Yeah. Uh, again, back to 49ers Cowboys, which is. Just a, a dream of you know anybody who grew up in the '90s like me or anybody who played in the '90s like Dennis. It's just too bad that we don't have Pat Summerall and John Madden still around to to call this game because uh, definitely reminds me of those two guys. That was the backdrop of the 1990s for any NFL fan. Now we finally get 49ers Cowboys in the playoffs again. But uh, you know th- this was monumental for the 49ers. I think Matt's already touched on one of the reasons. We don't know what's next for Jimmy Garoppolo, and I don't think the 49ers know for sure what's next. But, uh, you know, what is right in front of him is the future that he can affect in this season, during this postseason. Now, obviously, he had to help the 49ers punch the ticket to the postseason, but now uh, he could try to push this as, as long as humanly possible in these January 2022 playoffs. And uh, depending on where it ends up, the 49ers might have some more options when this is all said and done. And that's what makes this all so exciting is we don't know the future for sure, but we do know that Garoppolo's fighting his ass off. We know that the 49ers around him uh, put together one hell of a second half performance today to keep this ride going and they staved off elimination. And those longer term questions, well, they can wait because there's still more of this story to be written. You know, we always talk about seasons being novels and each subsequent game being a chapter well for a while today for a long while today and at certain acute moments it seemed that uh this would be the final chapter of the 2021-2022 novel but uh uh, hold on not so quick said Jimmy Garoppolo and the rest of the 49ers they still have more chapters to write and now we get to find out how the story ends I know Matt you wrote about oh well maybe this will be the end of Jimmy Garoppolo's story heading into this game, but he has a chance to extend it, and he did exactly that. So now we just uh, wait with bated breath to see what's next. Yeah, let's just think about what was in the balance for this game. I mean, if, if they lose this game, then they uh, spent the whole season playing Jimmy Garoppolo you know, with the idea that, okay, we'll play the veteran, we'll go to the playoffs, and then we'll make the transition and go with the rookie next year. That means that they would have spent the whole season with Garoppolo and and they didn't make the playoffs. And they really didn't get a lot of uh, certainly seasoning for Trey Lance either. So uh, they would have lost on on both ends. 
the, the 49ers, of course, are going to argue that, oh, no, uh, Trey Lance is getting tons of season and just being around and running the scout team, et cetera, et cetera. But you, you don't learn like you learn when you're in the game. So um, they would have fallen short on both accounts. And, you know, we're, we're talking about an overtime win, three-point game. So it, it was such a, such a big deal. Like I said, this has many, many layers. Uh, and the story I wrote was about, you know, what, the, what, what a tremendous opportunity Jimmy Garoppolo had to extend the season, to sort of kind of showcase himself for possible suitors if the 49ers do, in fact, decide to move on uh, against a really good Rams defense. And um, he, he, I don't want to say he accomplished all of that because it wasn't a perfect game, but boy, it was a, a gutsy game. Um, and uh, the point I made in the story is that this is now two of the last three years that a Jimmy Garoppolo-led team has gone into uh, the season finale against uh, a hated division rival um, uh, with uh, playoff positioning on the line, and he's won both of those. That's, that's what teams are looking for. Uh, so I, I really think that he is going to have plenty of suitors uh, this offseason if the 49ers do, in fact, decide to move on. Oh, for sure. For sure. This is why I think Kyle Shanahan, Shanahan was so gain to to have him play in this football game because he's got the experience you know he, he he's got he's got big game experience he's got playoff experience he's got Super Bowl experience and that's what teams are looking for and and, and he's got that leadership ability so you know we we, we talk about Jimmy Garoppolo I don't know if it's even I don't know the numbers or if it's even possible to keep him a 49er but if, if if they choose to move on from Jimmy Garoppolo, he, he's going to be all right because there are plenty of teams uh, in the NFL that are looking for a quarterback just like Jimmy Garoppolo and, and build a uh, an offense around him because he's a very capable quarterback in the NFL. And here's the bottom line. He wins. I mean, he's a winning quarterback in the National Football League, and, and that's what teams are looking for. So. Jimmy's going to be all right if he's a 49ers or if he's not a 49er. Well, 49ers, Cowboys next week, and we'll find out the next chapter of uh, this Garoppolo story. But we'll be back with you to preview that game. I think what we've gone over most of what happened today, there was just so much, and I just I haven't watched the film yet. I can't wait to watch the tape of this game. I mean, this is this is what we live for, guys. We 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 cover football, and we live for covering epic games where everything's on the line, where the teams are physical, where the teams hate each other. I mean, I just inject this into my veins over and over again, um, and maybe that's going to happen when the 49ers play the Cowboys next week, and maybe they get to play the Rams again. I mean, this is just so cool to me. I just. I love playoff football, so I'm sure the fans loved it too today. Um, this this was cool, and the 49ers season lives on. So for Matt Barrows and Dennis Brown, this is David Lombardi. We promise to come back to you soon to talk some 49ers-Cowboys, preview what's next, and we'll be here for the entirety of this 49ers journey throughout what's become a very fun 2021-2022 season. We'll talk to you guys all soon.